Shana Tova, Rabbi Menachem Landa here with Chabad of Novato, and I'm sharing our Rosh Hashanah sermon for the year 5782, 2021, with you through Zoom. I'm actually in the outdoors of Hilda and Nam's home, our dear Hilda, to share, to bring the sermon to her. And we're using this opportunity to bring it virtually uh, to benefit many other people as well. So Shana Tova, and thank you for tuning in. Rosh Hashanah is in the air, and safety, security is important. So I'd like to start with the joke of a thief who comes into the synagogue, and he kidnaps the rabbi, the cantor, and the president of the synagogue. And he ties them up, and he says, I have no choice. You know who I am. I have no choice but to kill all of you. But I'm a nice person. I'm going to give you each your last wish. Ask your wish, and I shall grant it. And he starts with the rabbi. Rabbi, what is your wish? And the rabbi says, for, the, for months, the whole summer, I've been practicing and writing my sermon for the high holidays. My wish is to at least share my sermon that I worked so hard to prepare. Okay. He goes to the cantor and he says, I'm cantor, what is your wish? And the cantor says, all year, I've been practicing the different notes, the musical notes that I plan to sing and the different words and liturgy during the high holiday services. Please allow me to sing the words, the musical notes that I planned and prepared for the high holidays. Okay, I'll grant that as well. And he goes to the president of the synagogue. And president, what would be your last wish? And he says, my wish is to please kill me first. <laughs> I'd like to start with a lovely and deep Hasidic story. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> a story of Zayda. Zayda is the Yiddish word for grandfather. It's a story between the first Chabad Rebbe and his grandson, who later became a Chabad Rebbe as well. When this young boy was just three years old, his birthday was an Erev Rosh Hashanah. And just three days after his third birthday, his mother tra tragically passed away. And her final wish was that her father, the Rebbe at the time, the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, the author of the Tanya, should raise her son like it's his own. So there's a lot of beautiful interactions between the Rebbe and his grandson. One of them is, they were playing. And the grandson called out Zaydi, Zaydi, grandfather, trying to catch his attention. But the grandfather looked at him and said, where is Zaydi? Who is Zaydi? So he pointed to his grandfather's beard. The Alter Rebbe had a long white beard. He says, that's Zaydi. To which the Alter Rebbe, the Zaydi responded, that's not Zaydi, that's Zaydi's beard. So the grandson pointed to his heart and he's, said, Zaydi, here, in the heart. He says, that's Zaydi's heart. And he pointed to the eyes, and then the nose, and then the ears, and constantly the, the Alter Rebbe responded, that's not me, that's my ears, that's my eyes, that's my hand. So it seemed like the grandson kind of gave up, and he went off his grandfather's lap, and he went behind the door, and he was playing. Suddenly, the grandchild screams out, Zaydi, screams. The grandfather was certain that his grandson either caught his finger in the door or something 
dangerous happened. And he came running with all of his energy to his grandson to see what happened. To which the grandson said, that is it. When you call and the grandfather answers and turns your full attention, that's Zaid. We all have a Zayda figure, a grandfather. We look up to. When I took my children in July, we took them to New York to visit family. We had my father of blessed memories unveiling there as well. And while there, we went on different trips. The highlight for my family, for my children and myself and my wife, Adina, was when we took our family to Ellis Island. On the way to the Statue of Liberty, the ferry stopped at Ellis Island. It was incredible. The rich history of our ancestors, of our grandparents, great-grandparents, some, for some of you, it's yourself or your parents that came to this country through Ellis Island. It was, it was really remarkable. Sometimes we look at ourselves and people ask me this, whether it's a neighbor or family member, and we ask ourselves, where is the Zayda? I can't see the Zaydi of our grandparents in us. Our grandparents were so strongly Jewish. Our eyes are not the same as them. We have different ways of looking at the world. Our heads are not the same as them. We have different ways of thinking in the world. Our mouths are not the same as them. We speak a different language than our ancestors, our grandparents did. Both literally and conceptually, we speak different languages. Can we find in today's generation, the Zaydis, the Jews of yore, the Jews who lived 80 years ago when they came to this country through Ellis Island, or 500 years ago, or 2,000 years ago? Are the Jews living today, I am asked, really the same as the Jews who left Egypt? The Jews who stood at Sinai? The Jews who built both holy temples in Jerusalem or the Jews in the shtetl from hundreds of years ago? And some of us answer, this is not the same Zayda. We see ourselves as modern, progressive, secular Jews to one degree or another and different in so many ways, whether from our fashion or our language, from our babis who would recite psalms I just saw a new family who took out of her purse, the mother took out of her purse the, a, a worn out yellowish prayer book. She said, this belonged to my grandmother. And I asked her, do you read it? She says, no, I just keep it in my purse. But it was so worn out from all the tears and pages turning from her grandmother, from her safta, from her bubby. So are we the same or are we not? There's a beautiful Jewish music band. They're known as Eighth Day. Last year on Hanukkah, now with virtual, we were able to hire the Eighth Day band to virtually perform at our car menorah line, our car parade menorah line. So they have a moving song that came out maybe 10 years ago. And it's, the title is Abraham or Abraham. And in it, they ask the question. These are the lyrics of their song. Abraham, are we the children that you dreamed of? Are we that shining star that you saw at night? The Torah reading that we read on the first day of Rosh Hashanah is about the birth of Isaac, the first Jewish child born to the first Jews, Abraham and his wife, Sarah. Sarah. 
Abram and Sarah longed for children. When all hopes seemed lost, God blessed them miraculously with a child, Yitzchak, Isaac, who would become the progenitor of our people. Tradition has it that Sarah conceived Isaac on Rosh Hashanah, which is why we read this in the Torah reading of Rosh Hashanah. But today, 3,700 years later, that song asks the question, Avraham, are we the children that you dreamed of? Are we the Jews that you imagined that faithful night of Rosh Hashanah, knowing that you're going to have a child born to you, the future of your people, of your seed, almost four millennia ago, with all of our challenges and problems, it sure seems that it was so far away. But on Rosh Hashanah, the shofar tells us a different story. What a strange mitzvah to blow a shofar. This morning, Sunday, we had a shofar factory at Chabad teaching children how to make a shofar. They really made a shofar straight from the farm with the help of their parents and adults. We sawed, we drilled a hole, we sanded the shofar horn, we shellacked it. It was so exciting. They even learned how to blow the shofar. But how odd is it that God asks us to blow a shofar on Rosh Hashanah? We all know that if our children have a tantrum and they're yelling and screaming, we say, stop, use your words, express yourself, speak it out softly so we can understand what you're trying to say, so we can make it right. Yet on Rosh Hashanah, God tells us to scream, to blow from the shofar instead of using our words that we could express ourselves better. Why from the shofar? So the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic movement, he gives the answer. A most potent explanation is given by the Baal Shem Tov. If we were to open our mouths to speak, we might sound very different than our Zaydis, than our ancestors over the last thousands of years. If we try to engage in intellectual conversation, we might discover that our heads and brains are different than those of our ancestors. But we may discover our differences. But when we emit our primal voice, our innermost cry, we discover that it is exactly the same voice as our Zaydis, our grandparents of millennials. The inner voice of our people is unchanged, unaffected by all the differences and changes that came into our world over millennia, over the course of history. Our primal voice unites us all. And it unites us not only in this generation, but across all generations. We are the children that Abraham dreamt of. The Talmud teaches that God performs all the mitzvot that he asks and instructs us to do. Magid Varav Yaakov, God who tells his words over to Jacob and, and the Jewish people, he does them himself, the Talmud tells us. When a Jew dons tefillin, God puts it on as well. When a Jew lights Shabbat candles, God is lighting candles as well, so to speak. God also gives charity when we give charity. So therefore, ask the Talmud, all right, if we put on tefillin, that means God puts on tefillin. In our tefillin, the scroll written in there by the scribe is the famous verse, Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, God is the Lord, God is one. That would be odd if that's in God's tefillin. So if God is putting on tefillin, the Talmud asks, 
what is written in his tefillin? And the Talmud answers, a verse from Tanakh, from the book of Chronicles, Kesuvim, and it says like this, in God's tefillin it says, Mi ke'amcha Yisrael, go echad baaretz. Who is like your people Israel, a unique nation in the world? So I ask you, friends, does God still have that verse inscribed in his tefillin from when the Talmud was written 2,000 years ago? Is God still writing that in his tefillin? Who is like your people Israel, a unique nation in the world? My dear brothers, when we look around the synagogue on Rosh Hashanah, when I look at Hilda, I could honestly answer that yes, in God's tefillin, it still writes, it is still written. Mi ka'amcha Yisrael, go echad baritz. And who is like your people Israel? One, a unique nation in the world. In Prague, there's, a, there's many famous synagogues. The most remarkable and oldest of them all is the Altanayishol, that 700 years old, it's the longest, it's the world's record for the synagogue with the longest continuous use. But right next to Prague, there's another synagogue that was recently discovered in Terezin. The town just around an hour north of Prague, it was, it's infamous for its use. This town is infamous for its use for the death camps. It housed more than 150,000 Jewish people during the Holocaust, many of whom were sent to Auschwitz, never to return while tens of thousands died right there in Terrace. A dear friend in our community, Mr. Herbert Heller of Blessed Memory, who just passed away less than a month ago. He spent 22 months in Terrace. And from there was deported in 1944 to Auschwitz. So in Terrace, they recently discovered a low ceiling synagogue, small room. It was dark and damp a chamber measuring just 12 by 15 feet. It was actually originally used to store potatoes, but the imprisoned Jews clandestinely gathered amongst the potatoes for prayers, risking their lives and certain torture if they were caught. Additionally, those who worked in painters as painters would steal some of the brushes in their workplace in the camp and they would bring it, smuggle it into their synagogue, their quiet, secret synagogue. And they would paint on the walls some verses that are very traditional to have in synagogues. One of them is the verse, in one wall it says, Know in front of who you are standing. On another wall in Tarazin in the synagogue it says, Which means, may our eyes behold your return to Zion in compassion. But the largest, the most poignant verse etched by the painters on the wall is taken from our Tachanun confessional prayer, where it says, Despite all, O oh God, we have not forgotten you. Please, God, do not forsake us. Despite all the death and destruction, Despite the incredible cruelty, visit upon us and our people. 
Despite it all, they wrote, we have not forgotten you. And now we ask you, do not forget us. This was in 1945. 75 years later, in March of 2020, something happened which never happened before in Jewish history. Not even during the darkest years of the war, a time where every single synagogue in the world was forced to close its doors. The only synagogues that I can imagine were able to keep their doors open are Chabad houses and other planets, which based on Chabad's reputation probably exists. Throughout all of Jewish history, even when the synagogues were closed in one country or even in a continent, houses of worship, synagogues were opened in other countries, praying and with vibrancy elsewhere, but not so with the corona pandemic. From Melbourne to Australia, from, sorry, from Melbourne to Los Angeles, from London to Jerusalem, from Eilat to Long Island, from Miami to Moscow, from Cape Town to Sydney, every last synagogue was on lockdown. But look what happened. Despite all, O oh God, we have not forgotten you. Please, God, do not forget us. Not a single community faltered or folded. We stayed together as a community, together with each other. We reinvented ourselves. I could talk about just our community with all the Zoom sessions. We actually expanded our reach for many people who moved out of our community for one reason or another, now all of a sudden is joining us through Zoom back into our classes as if they never left. We increased our programs, whether it's the pre-Shabbat Zoom, L'chaim and Rosh and songs, or so many more classes and cooking and pickle making, community events and talks. And perhaps most of all, even during this Corona, our community was able to purchase a building to be a beacon of light for Marin County for many, many, many years to come until Mashiach. Thanks to Hilda, Nam, and her late husband, Manfred. During Corona, the height of Corona, we were able to purchase a building. Remarkable. God, we have not forgotten you. We've, grew, we've grown. God, please don't forget us. And therefore, yes, we could say, not only during the times of the Talmud, <clears throat> is it written in God's tefillin that who is like your people Israel, a unique nation in the world? But the same is now also. The same verse would be written in God's tefillin. Avraham, our dear ancestor, patriarch Avraham, it was on Rosh Hashanah four millennia ago when you asked the faithful question. Will my dream come true? Will I witness the reality, the children that I dreamed of? Will my descendants become that shining star that I saw one fateful night with God? Well, Abraham, our dear father, today I gaze at a young Jewish girl, Elisheva Cohen. You can gaze at her. Elisheva is from Surfside, Florida. Six months ago, Elisheva celebrated her bat mitzvah. Together with her parents, her mother, her father was beaming with joy, Mr. Brad Cohen. Her father was so proud 
as he celebrated his youngest child, having a bat mitzvah, becoming of age, reaffirming her Jewish identity. Then on June 24th, early Thursday morning, came the collapse of that Surfside Tower. Brad Cohen, Elishava's father, was one of the people missing under that rubble. Along with his brother, Dr. Gary Cohen, for days, family were kept away from the collapse site, which was deemed unsafe. Then when relatives were finally allowed to come, they were screaming the names of their loved ones and friends, hoping to hear that cry for help. But they were crying, gazing at the mountain of rubble that had buried her father and uncle. Elishava Cohen, together with dozens of others, moved away. She was with all of her relatives. She moved away from them. She sat down by herself and she pulled out a book of Tehillim, King David's Psalms, and began to pray. The Surfside Mayor, Charles Buck Burkett, noticed her and he knelt next to her and asked if she was okay. Yes, the girl told him. And what really brought it home to him, Mayor Burkett later shared this on television. I, I watched it. Maybe, I'm sure some of you watched it on CNN or any other news channel. He says that it dawned on me that she wasn't crying. She was just lost. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know what to say or who to talk to. So she cried to God. Young Eli Cohen became a symbol of faith and resilience for the whole world to be inspired. For several days after the collapse, the mayor of Surfside was sharing the story of young Elishava. When the president, when President Biden came to the site, the mayor says, I wanted him to see the face of that little girl who is praying for her father across from the rubble. So President Biden looked at me, Charles Burkett says, would you please bring her to me right now? I want to meet her. And the police brought her and Biden walked up to her and they hugged for a long time. Yes, Abraham, our patriarch, the ultimate man of faith. Elisheva is the child that you dreamed of. She and all of our holy, beautiful Jewish girls, they are that shining light that you saw on that fateful Rosh Hashanah night. Today, Abraham is inspired by another Jew, a Jewish man. In May 2021, we all remember how Hamas sent 5,000 rockets from Gaza to Israel with the ambition to flatten homes, neighborhoods, and cities, and to, God forbid, kill thousands of Jews. Astoundingly, the hostility toward Israel, I'm sure you've seen around the world and social media was toxic and it was scary. It was gut, it, it got to my gut, to my core. Celebrities who know less about Israel than I know about elephants in Vietnam. They were posting all these things, condemning a country that was just trying to defend its residents against 5,000 deadly rockets. During that time, there was a Jewish soccer player his name was Tomer, his name is Tomer Hammond. And he was playing 
for a New Zealand team called Wellington Phoenix. They were in a crucial match against Melbourne City, a rival team in Australia's top soccer league. With fewer than just three minutes left to go in the game, Jew the Jewish striker, Tomer Hamid, his team was trailing two to one with three minutes left. And Tomer took the ball, sped on, slid under a defender, and he did an athletic shot, and he scored for his team, salvaging a draw and a, a crucial point in the standing for his team. But what he did after the goal, his celebration, would make Avram's heart swell with joy. And that stayed <clears throat> with spectators far more than the athleticism of his goal. Tomer, after scoring, instinctively reached into his jersey, took out a small white kippa, a yarmulke, covered his eyes with his right hand, turned upwards and said the Shema, Judaism's most central declaration. Earlier in the game, he scored his first goal and he draped himself with an Israeli flag. He was chastised for his actions, but it didn't matter to him. Despite the social pressure, he is Jewish and Tomer, he is proud of it. And he will stand up for his people and for truth. As rockets continue to rain down on Israeli cities, Hamid's show of Jewish pride brought inspiration to millions and went viral on social media. Avram, we are proud of him. You are proud of him. One more boy to be proud of. Just a few months ago, In the Major League Baseball's draft, two Jewish observant players, 17-year-old teenagers, were drafted. First, Jacob Steinmans by the Arizona Diamondbacks, <laughs> and then Ellie Kligman, I think from the, by the Washington Nationals. Ellie, I know very well from growing up in, from Adina growing up in San Diego, when we got married, Ellie was growing up in San Diego, and when I would go back, we would pray in the same synagogue. He would play with my, he would play with my younger nephews. And now Ellie lives in Summerlin, Las Vegas. And one thing he made clear when he was drafted is Shabbos is for God. I don't play on Shabbos. Ask, how could that be? You're a baseball player now. Shabbos is for God. I give my team six days of the week and he's getting the support to, to the point where he's being drafted. Avram, you could be proud of this young Ellie Kligman and Jacob Steinitz, who with all the pressure and money or fame that they could go after, they say there's a day that's dedicated for Hashem, for God. Yes, my friends, God's tefillin. In it is written, who is like your people, Israel, a unique nation in the world. God gave us the mitzvah of Shabbos some 3,300 years ago shortly before the Jews stood at Sinai. And these two wonderful, talented, young Jewish men celebrate the day of Shabbos with unwavering commitment. Avram, are we the children that you dreamed of? Are we that shining star that you saw at night? Here is Avram's answer in 2021. No, I could never have dreamt of such incredible children. You turned out much better, Avram would say, than I or anyone could ever have dreamed of. 
the holiness, the loyalty, the resilience, the faith, the kindness, the goodness, the godliness of our people is beyond what anyone could have ever dreamed of. 4,000 years later, the passion to change the world and build a planet of kindness and holiness has not waned. And finally, a few weeks ago, just on August 11th, my WhatsApp, my phone was bombarded with messages about a young Jewish child that, was, that has gone missing in Brooklyn. Bro the Ju Jewish Brooklyn heart stopped on that evening because there was a young Jewish boy, six-year-old child, Yossi Shapiro. He was on a day trip with his camp and his camp took the kids to the Canarsie Park. It was right near the beach, right off the Belt Parkway. The buses came, the children loaded up and they made their way back to camp. And only later when they were back at camp did they realize that six-year-old Yossi was missing. Within a few minutes, word went out that we're looking for Yossi Shapiro. He was last seen at Canarsie Park. Thousands of Jewish people showed up to volunteer at the command center that the NYPD put up to try and find this young child. Everyone understood what was at stake. A child lost in the park, not far from a beach. The chief of police couldn't believe his eyes. These were not his relatives or close friends. These were strangers who came in droves to help in the find and rescue of young Yossi. One of the volunteers I heard his interview after is a 56-year-old Jewish cantor. His name is Victor Schein. When I got the call that people were going to look for Yossi Shapiro and search parties, I didn't plan to go. I'm an older guy. I figured I wouldn't make a difference. They have professionals there, younger people with more energy. Other volunteers are already there. I had a long day at work. I just wanted to go home. But then I thought, what if it was my grandchild? I would want everyone to show up and help. So I put on a long sleeved white shirt so that I might show up in dark and I got into my car. I went to the command center. There were hundreds of cars waiting to be told where to go. So I decided I wanna go on my own. I walked and I searched for 90 minutes in the dark. I walked along the beach and I screamed, Yosef, Yossi, I have pizza and ice cream for you. But it began lightning and thundering. A big storm was on its way. Waves were crashing by the, sea, by, the, by the sea, by the ocean, and the sun was already set. The area was not well lit by the beach, and I had to rely on my flashlights that I brought. And in his interview, he continues, he says, I was screaming, Yosef, Yosef, I have pizza for you. We're looking for you. There was no answer. It began to rain. I didn't want to get too sick, and I decided to call it, and I was going to go home. And as I was going back to my car, I saw a little path that I didn't notice before. And I decided, let me check this path. I walked down the dirt path. And a few, and a few minutes, I was screaming, Yosef, Yosef, I have pizza. And finally, I heard a soft, quiet sound. And I screamed louder, Yosef, is that you? And I heard a sound say, Ta, Ta, Ta is the Yiddish of dad. 
Tati. It was a weak voice. I wasn't even sure I heard it or if I was imagining it. Because the voice went silent. I called the deputy inspector and within 15 minutes there was backups there. And a few minutes later we found Yassi Shapiro. He was lying on the ground. He was drenched, wet, exhausted, and scared. We all began dancing from joy. And he says the next day, Victor Shine, the next day he says, I can't tell you how shaken I still am. It just goes to show you that one person can make a difference. Just do it. Just go. My mother used to, get, my mother used to say, he says, just go and do. Who am I? I could say. I'm just a 56-year-old a man, but apparently it made a difference. Right when I was giving up hope, right when the sun was already set and the rain started coming down hard, it eliminated, eliminated any trail and scent, but I said, just keep going a little more. Don't worry about looking foolish or feeling foolish. Just do it. And I'm so thankful that I got to be a part of it and that the boy is okay and that the family is okay and that the Jewish people is okay. That's how he, entered, he ended his interview. Does this story not caption as our people, as individuals, sometimes people look around and they seem lost in their way. Some people lament that Jewish continuity is in danger. They point to the Pew study. They feel lost, confused. But if you and I will listen to the still subtle voice in our hearts, to that sound of the shofar vibrating inside of us, we can hear the cry and say, Ta, Daddy, wherever you turn, you will hear it from every Jewish soul. You will hear the outcry, Daddy, Ta. It comes in different forms, perhaps different languages, but it is always present. If you look in the heart, you will hear it coming from inside of you. We are not lost to our past. Yes, Abraham, we are the children you dreamt of. We are that shining star you saw at night. You are the Zayda. Friends, to conclude, you are searching for your Zayda. You're trying to remember your grandparents or your parents. You want to know if Jewish history is one cohesive continuum. Are we the same Jews from millennia ago? Are we the Jews that left Egypt, that built Jerusalem, and that authored the Talmud? You want to know if we are the children that Abraham dreamt of? Just look in the mirror. Take a deep look into your hearts. Listen to your inner voice, and you will hear it. It's the sound of the shofar capturing the undiluted, the purest sound of our Jewish voice, and it's vibrating from the Jewish soul. And everyone watching this, committed to build homes, families, and communities, and a world filled with justice, compassion, truth, love, light, and holiness, Kedusha. Listen to your voice, and you will hear the voice of your grandparents, because you are your Zedah. You carry the genes and the soul of Abraham, of Isaac, of Yaakov, of Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, and the hundreds of Jewish generations 
Trust your innermost voice. It is the voice of the shofar. The very voice resonating through hundreds of generations from Abraham 3,700 years ago, who used the first shofar in the story of the Akedah, the binding of Isaac, to the last shofar, which will blow again with the coming of Mashiach. Friends, this is true about all of us here. There is a voice in your heart that nobody, not even your rational brain, can translate. It is the sound of the shofar. It transcends language. It transcends vocabulary. It is the voice of Abraham coming out through you. It is the voice of your Zayde and your Babi coming out through you. For you and me are the child that Abraham dreamt of. You are the shining star that he saw on that fateful night of Rosh Hashanah. Today I ask of you and I ask of myself, let's listen to that voice. Let's embrace it. Let that voice invite you to become more of who you are a deep, sincere, and passionate Jew. Allow that voice to inspire you to celebrate Shabbat, to eat more kosher, to don to fill in for Jewish men, light the candles for Jewish women, involve yourself in Torah study, put your children through a Torah education, give more tzedakah, put a mezuzah on your door, be proud of who you are, so you could turn to Avram and say, yes, we are that shining star that you saw. Shana Toba, and may it be a year filled with the blessings that Avram was promised by, by God, the blessings of growth, a blessing of health, and a blessing of strength, and ultimately the blessing of our promised land, the holy land of Israel. Shana Tova and Chag Sameach.